My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Marketers Shooting the Shit. It is the morning coffee and cigar edition of this. Uh, For me, it's also fancy-ass monogram letter mug day. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll see all of what I just held up. Uh, Very happy today to be joined by uh, Brian Griffiths from Be Strong Marketing. Um, Superb guy. I've heard that he is a... uh, uh, a, a super kind gentleman. This is our second time talking, and I can attest to the fact that he's an all-around nice guy, great web designer, great marketer, uh, really got a great head on his shoulders. So it's it's really my privilege to have you on today, uh, Brian, because I get to sound smart by being associated with smart people. So, <laughs> so thank you very much for being here. How are you doing today? Thanks. I'm, uh, I appreciate the, the warm introduction, Sean. Um, hope I don't leave anyone's head spinning. I talk a little fast sometimes, but, um, you know, it's funny. It's like I'm seeing your your uh, background out your window there. And I'm kind of reminded how cold and wet of a day it is. Yeah, it's it's um yeah, we're recording this December. Um and in Pennsylvania, <laughs> and it is, and it is definitely not uh, super pleasant weather. I, I am outside actually, so oh, I, really? um yeah yeah yeah. So I, dra- I dragged all my stuff outside to to record this, so I could have a cigar while doing this. Like that was kind of like the joke of this when I was talking to my wife about doing this podcast. I was like, really? I'm just looking to like talk shit and smoke cigars on a podcast, and like that's that's just really what I kind of do. And then like. Of course, I start it in the middle of December where the weather is just awful. So it's like, all right, it's mostly just drinking whiskey and talking shit. So it's basically talking with talking with your friends and talking. Shop. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's exactly it. Um, yeah. So 
I, I'd love to start at the beginning. Um, you know, when you're, if I were to ask your parents or the folks that were around when you were a kid, you know, to describe Brian as a young hellion, what, uh, how would they describe you? God, probably a really sarcastic, with a smart mouth. I got into the whole lot. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend among marketers that that seems to yeah. be <laughs> a little too energetic after drinking a can of Pepsi. I remember I used to do somersaults off the couch after I do that. I know like nutritionists say that, you know, like hyperactivity after sugar is not a thing. And I'm like, I remember myself as a kid. So you tell me what that was. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but probably also artistic. I was constantly drawing um crayons when i was a little kid eventually graduating up to uh art pencils and and colored pencils when i was in my early teens um probably after my early teens glued to a book constantly um you know like i i my my start in all of this i actually really kind of started from being an artist um because eventually that led into a career in graphic design, which led mm. to web design, which then going, well, what is this deal with web design and graphic design? Well, this is, this is a part of marketing. Maybe you should know something about marketing. And then yeah. that's, here I am. Oof. Yeah. Nice. So did you go to school for uh, graphic design? Yeah. I went, um, sort of. It's, my degree is funny because it's the way that I went to Lycoming College in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, and the way this what, what my education was structured back in the back in the nineties is that you as an as an art student you were an art student first. So technically, mm-hmm. my degree is in studio art with a specialization in commercial design. <laughs> okay. It's uh, funny enough, very similar to my degree is technically graphic design and commercial art. So it's like they, they it's like kind of word souped it just in a different order. Yeah. I think, I think back, like I said, I think back in the mid to late nineties, which when I went to, to college, I think they just didn't quite have a sense of where design was going at that point, because like they were literally just coming in. I mean, Photoshop was on Photoshop four, you know, like that's when I was in college, you know, and they were, um, you know, like there were still some shops around that still shot with paper negatives and made film and then used what was called stripping, which has nothing to do with man. Yeah. (laughs) One of my first jobs out of college, I, I worked in a, uh, a print house in Bristol, ah. Pennsylvania that was making uh, credit card mailers. Couldn't get a job in my field right away. So I got a kind of an associated job for about half a year uh, doing like basically running film plates and checking Quark Express files and, yeah. and stuff like that in a place that printed credit card mailers. You know, remember like one heyday of that back in like the 90s or in the 2000s? Yep. Yeah, I, I, I was part of that. Got so, unfortunately (laughs) so it's 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 i i think that that is something that's kind of lost on the new generation of designers and that's when i went to high school i went to a, a technical high school so the the class that i like what was my shop was commercial printing oh wow so like that was the fundamentals like our first year in there we didn't use computers beyond like typesetting you know what i mean like it was we were doing exactly what you're describing where 
you print things out, you're burning plates, you know, you're, you're doing all that stuff. And it's like, it really helped me have a foundation for what we physically see on the screen and on paper, you know, the fact that it's like, Oh, you're, you're talking about four colors. You're talking about, you know, like that, like that whole world. And it's like, I I think it's something that's kind of the appreciation for that craft is kind of lost now because it's like, okay, yeah, I just fire up Adobe creative suite now. Like, I don't even think they keep, they keep, I don't even think they keep a number on it anymore. Do they? I don't think so. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, the only thing that I see the difference is, is that when I go and I open up uh, programs on my computer, it'll say Photoshop 2023. Yeah. Like, what did, what did that happen? You know? Right. 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 Um, but what I also, um, but I think we also like us having a little bit more of a, uh, design background. I think it's different than most people that are in this field because most people, I mean, if you want to look at the idea of marketers, most marketers that I've met don't have a, a design background. Right. And so, you know, I think a lot of them are just like, you know, knocking stuff together on Canva. True. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think they get the Adobe Creative Suite. They just go Canva and that's it. And I'm like, yep. Canva, what's that? <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a craft to it. And I, I think there's a, um, an appreciation that you gather too. And just when you have to take that many steps to, a to achieve what you're trying to achieve, like you, you develop a different thought process. Like when I was, my first job right out of college was, um, at a, um, an ad agency that did the newspaper ads for local car dealerships. So it was like those big, ugly ads, but it was like, it man, like as hell. yeah, but they work though. And that, and that's the thing is that like, you know, like it, it, you learn, you, you get into it because you think like, oh, I get to be creative and I get to make really cool looking things. And, you know, and you do, you know, you, you definitely do, but it's like, hold on. If I, if I can't communicate and persuade with what I'm creating, I won't have a job. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what's back of uh, all marketing and all design. It's just that exact concept, whether you actually communicate and whether you're able to actually persuade, it's like, don't, I think the central, one of the central lessons of marketing is that, is that concept. Yeah. And that if it doesn't do those things and the ad is worthless. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the thing that I, that I, I'm, I'm, I tend to be old school because I tend to focus old school to this degree. I like to focus on fundamentals. Um, you know, like at some point in the next year, I plan on even reading the old 1933 book, how to win friends and influence people. I've never read it. Have it. Yeah, oh man. Have it. <laughs> I haven't read it. I actually bought it like three or four years ago and haven't read it. Um, I just have a tendency to buy a lot of books. I mean, you know, you see all around. Yeah. Yeah. They're all around here. (laughs) I've actually slowed down on my, my um, books I buy because it's kind of like, it's almost like kind of like wish listing stuff on Amazon, but you buy it. (laughs) Meaning like you don't, you're, you're not needing a book right now, but you don't want to, but you want to kind of like reserve it for the future. So you buy it, but then it sits on a shelf and, you start to kind of go, why is my bank account going down after I yeah. just bought five of them this month? Yeah, or, e- or even worse, what I do, like if I buy the audible version, 
Like, I feel like I didn't really do it any justice without owning the actual book. So I'll buy, I'll get it on Audible and then buy the physical book. I might never crack it open. <laughs> so it's like I've, I've done it where I, I where I've got it on Audible. I used to have an Audible subscription, but I realized I wasn't really using it or using it to the degree that I should. So I finally canceled it, but I was on one of those like $20 a month audible subscriptions. And I, but I, I had a period of where I buy the physical copy. I get the digital copy because, Hey, I might be out somewhere. I might not have my book with me and I might want to read it. Of course. I actually had that happen yesterday, by the way, (laughs) I hadn't had a meeting end earlier than I was expecting, but I had a a follow-up appointment that was half an hour that was supposed to be half an hour after that meeting ended well i'm going like okay well i have 30 or 40 minutes to kill i and hey look the book that i have is on my phone so crack it open yeah so i buy like all three freaking editions of it like a nut job (laughs) Um, that's funny and yeah, one time I actually used to almost try to keep it from my girlfriend, like I was buying crack or something like that. She's like, oh, look, you bought another book. She's like, yeah, so what? Big deal. <laughs> as long as you can pay the rent. Yeah, that's, you know, as uh, I, I feel like that's like what entrepreneurs hide from their, <laughs> from their uh, significant others. It's like, oh, no, another box of books just came in. Yeah, totally. But like I said, I like to focus on fundamentals a lot of times like i don't read sure. a lot of blog posts and and stuff like that and what i find interesting is is that a lot of people this is maybe like one of my real true criticisms of the field and i mean marketing is a broad field it's i mean everyone from like little guys like us to companies that do you know commercials for mega mega ultranational companies sure. yep. you know um you know, at all different levels. So, I mean, it's, but the main thing that I probably have a, have a bitch about is just the fact that everyone, there's a tendency to be out basics, meaning like out basics, meaning like lacking basics. And so people just end up chasing shiny objects to chase the next big thing. Actually, what I find funny is off the time of the next big thing was something that was written in a book 20, 25 years ago. 100%. Some some schmuck decided to finally read, start talking about, and everyone's on that bandwagon without realizing where it came from. Like the big thing right now that I hear a lot of people talk about is community. You must create a community around your business. It's like, can you imagine the local plumber having a community around their business? It's like, it's kind of stupid, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. The, um, the theory versus the application of it. It's like, and then when, and I feel bad for the small businesses that get wrapped up in those conversations too, because it's like, man, I, I just want to be able to pay my employees at the end of the day. And it's like, if we marketers focus on anything beyond that that satisfies our own ego like we're we're doing them a disservice it's you know if we were doctors we, it would be malpractice yeah absolutely and they i'll tell you something that i have found for the local marketer is that the, the biggest there's one hurdle that you really need to jump over now obviously there's there's budget there's just the willingness to talk to you to begin with um, knowing enough about what you do to, you know, get invited to that conversation. But I have to say like the, probably the biggest thing that I've realized is that if you do not convince them that they can get leads from their website, 
you're just talking out your butt, you know, like you're wasting your time. Like I, I have a client right now that I'm still trying to convince a year later, finished his website. We have marketing meetings. He pays me for marketing blocks of marketing consulting hours. And we just had a conversation the other day where I said, guy's an engineer. I said, and he's not, we're not talking like he's old school, like he's, you know, a boomer who's, you know, wishes the internet would go away or something like that. Two years from retiring, <laughs> we're talking like he's a young guy who's probably who's in his early forties and younger than me. And, <laughs> but when I bring up, bring up this fact, he says, look, nobody searches for civil engineers. Civil engineers get hired by construction, manager, construction managers and accountants. I mean, I'm not accountants and architects. So it's all relational. And so I might be pivoting more to a brand building thought leadership role as opposed to let's drive traffic to your website let's run you know direct response sort of ads from facebook or something like that where you know it's usually more funnel building but i mean i think that's just a skill of um of being able to pivot and that might actually make a lot of sense from his business standpoint but the reason why even though we've been working together for a year and a half um on certain things which usually has to do more with messaging and his customer journey and all that stuff. Um, and, but the main reason I haven't been able to sell design to him, I mean, or not sell digital marketing to him, stuff like what you do is primarily because I can't convince him yet to, that digital marketing is actually going to do anything for his business. Sure. And I think yeah. if you don't rip, if, uh, you know, the small business marketer, SMB marketer doesn't, you know, if he doesn't convince the business owner that they can actually get leads because there's a good chance they're going to say every lead, like I only get leads from word of mouth and referrals and relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and I apologize if you're hearing some background windy noise. I actually believe it or not, your noise canceling on your microphone must be doing good because I'm actually not hearing anything but your voice. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Good. Shout out to the folks at Mayono. They, <laughs> uh, they built a quality microphone and the uh, denoise function works pretty well. Apparently I, I hear it in my headphones, so I'm just making, <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to bring it up, but anyway, I'm surprised, I'm surprised I don't have my, uh, a cat or, or my uh, dog uh, at my door scratching, <laughs> you know, cause that's usually what happens. And I'm like, yep. God damn it, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, I, I see that all the time and and um I think it really boils down to just kind of you know what business owners think about and what their vision for themselves is you know like uh, unfortunately you know people just convince themselves of something until something drastic happens to them and they need that like snap into reality that's like like actually you're mentioning your civil engineer client I, I had a similar situation. Like I was at like a, I, I don't really do these things much anymore, but like I was at a, uh, like a business card exchange kind of thing. And there was, there was an attorney there and, you know, he, he comes up to me like, like he, he gets my business card. He's like, Oh, digital marketing. I don't do any of that. Like all my business is word of mouth. And I like kind of just like, shot back to him i was like well I, I mentioned his competitor i was like oh your competitor is a client of mine they're they're cleaning up and he just like yeah it was just kind of like oh 
<laughs> okay, so maybe I'm thinking of this wrong, and it's like I don't recommend doing that. But like I, I'm kind of you. You were talking about being a sarcastic little kid. I guess I never grew out of that. <laughs> but um, by the way, did you breathe on your camera because you're? I, I can't tell if that's smoke hanging in the air or. There I you think, go. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's just it's probably just like compensation. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like kind of humid, weird, well, like sure. weird weird winter humidity so thank you for that yeah no, not um, a problem because it's like one thing like when you blow smoke out i'm like wait that's not clearing <laughs> <laughs> and, and i get what you're saying you know it's like i, I saw one time um uh, i think it was like ryan dice from digital mm. marketer he i've done a lot of training through them uh, sure, fa- yeah. fantastic information and a you know, great resource and they're talking about like kind of like a way of looking at like your total available market and like in a yeah. series of concentric circles where it's like the easiest warm weight, hot leads and warm leads and then cold leads to get. And that the reason why most businesses hit a ceiling is because you've used up everything you can in that central circle of right. potential hot leads, because that's as far as like your network goes. Absolutely. Now, I mean, occasionally you do meet somebody who says, oh, I'm, I'm happy with the fact that I'm, I work by myself. I don't want employees. I like the caseloads that I have or my or workload that I have. And Absolutely. They, they park it right there. Yep. But a lot of business, businesses are going, yeah, I would like to grow. Or the bigger problem, especially in today's economy, is I can't grow. Mm. And part of the reason that they're not growing is, is because they are not reaching beyond that first circle. You know, if you look at kind of like a traffic temperature of warm or hot, warm, cold, you know, it's like they're not being able that this cold getting out to those cold leads, meaning people have never heard of them, possibly don't even know that they need your solution, Mm -hmm. educating them that they might have a problem that you could solve. And then, you know, gaining the know, like and trust and then demand factor, yeah. you know, like you're not going to grow unless you start getting out of that comfort zone. I mean, everyone talks about the comfort zone. Everyone thinks about the box that you have to think outside of. But then <laughs> when you say, Hey, by the way, you know, like your marketing, like the only it's marketing that will get you there. Networking will get you this, we get this, this little tiny center. Yeah. But you're not going to really get out to the, the much wider uh, zone of your total addressable market absolutely. If, you, if you don't actually market. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the, the way that I look at marketing is like at the end of the day, you're, you're talking about the the no like and trust factor. I mean, it, it boils down to the relationships that people have with you at the end of the day. And it it might not be you know, like what we think of as a relationship where it's like, oh, this guy's my friend. This woman is my spouse, you know, whatever, however you want to break down a, an interpersonal relationship. But there's also the relationships that we have, you know, like I have uh, for better, for worse, a relationship with Amazon where, you know what I mean? Like uh, if I, need something i trust that when i go on there i'm going to go on order it it's going to be here within a reasonable amount of time now i will say i'm a little my relationship with amazon right now is a little rocky they sent my wife's christmas present over with it labeled on the side of the box what it is 
So when she got the Amazon box, she saw what her Christmas gift was. But thoughtless. um totally thoughtless. <laughs> but that's a sidebar, but it's a um yeah, I mean the relationships factor, you know, that that stems from the no like and trust uh part of the equation, you know, you can do so much of that by uh networking you know what i mean like essentially you can shake one hand at a time but marketing gives you that leverage to start the no like and trust factor at scale 100 100 that was actually the funny thing is that when i brought up um how to win friends and influence people the sole reason i bought that book because I'm not usually into that kind of like self-help type stuff. And, you know, Dale Carnegie is kind of old school, you know, it's almost a hundred years old, you know, the, the examples that he's giving are from like the 1915s you know, oh, sure, yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, I believe in the timelessness of data, but it's not, it's just not something that's on the top of my list. Normally the reason I picked it up is because uh, Dan Kennedy in one of mm-hmm. his books, you know, the, the grandfather of direct uh, uh, marketing, oh, yeah. he yeah. said in one of, in one of his books, which I don't remember which one looking over at my shelf over here, um, <laughs> that marketing is essentially taking what's in uh, how to win friends and influence people and how to do it and doing it at scale. Yep. Yeah. You know, 100%. And, I, and, and what's funny sometimes is that when, with that no like and trust factor, I'll see people try to say that's not really a thing. People do do business with people that they that they like, you know, and you'll see people push back on that. And they'll say, well, I, when I go on Amazon, I buy something. I, I just blah, 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 blah. Or that doesn't really count because of like stuff like Walmart. And it's like, the fuck it doesn't, you know? Sorry, right. if you have to go back and, and wait that out, you know, okay. Uh, no, the name of the show is Marketers <laughs> Shooting the Shit. So I had the feeling I was okay with that. But I <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, like, now you're good. It's just how I, how, I, how I casually talk. But oh yeah, that's also something that my parents would have told you from when I was a kid that I was probably cursing from the time I was, <laughs> the time I was in third grade onwards. So that's, <laughs> nice. their, own fault. that's their own fault for allowing it though and um yeah it's like being in third grade and and uh yelling at one of my friends what the hell are you doing and then suddenly having them turn around looking at me shocked and i shout that out of a schoolyard yeah i'm just a guy uh (laughs) uh-oh you gotta watch yourself but um yeah i i just think that um the stuff like the 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 amazon and uh i said it absolutely does because as you said you're trusting them to show up with a quality yeah. product. You yeah. know, if you didn't know who they were, if you didn't, you know, you must like, oh, like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just as much a critic. Uh, I can critique Bezos just as much as the next guy. Sure. Yeah. First business practices, but I'll tell you what, I like them enough. I, I like the company enough that I will buy from them. Right. You know, like all my girlfriend's Christmas presents. That, and by the way, they did not do this to me. I got three of them <laughs> the other day, and not all of them were in Amazon boxes yeah. uh, without the, the label on them. Um, you know, I, I I know I can trust them well enough to, yeah. to buy from them. I mean, crap, I, I I saw something that I wanted the other day, and I'm going, huh? What if this is on Amazon? It's not. You know, specialty yeah. specialty pack of cards that I wanted to buy that sure. are artists that I follow on Facebook, uh, creative, really, real fantastic uh, fantasy artist. And he uh, and 
I only found it available in like three places. And like two of them were like little local bookstore websites in like New England. And I'm like, do I want to buy this? Because it's like I support small business, but are they going to mess my order up? It's going to take like eight months for it to get here. Right. <laughs> like I, I support small businesses. I, I love buying from, you know, I have a half a dozen uh, small shops in my area that I love to uh, frequent and, and help out. But at the same time, if I'm expecting to get something and uh, through e-commerce and get it in a reasonable amount of time and not have it be like next June, yeah, I'm a little hesitant to, to, to buy it. Yeah. And, and that that's actually an interesting point because we, we talked about, you know, mindset of businesses a little bit ago. I, I think that's a big problem among small businesses is they think they can't be something, you know, at the Amazon, like they, they, you know, they don't like Amazon. They don't like Walmart. They don't like, and it's just kind of like, okay, we have to take a couple things into consideration here. One, people just expect things fast for better or for worse. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they, how- they, they, they cranked a ratchet so far that that, you know, you know, ratchets, you know, when you, when you, yeah. you, when you work a ratchet, it doesn't go backwards. Yeah. That ratchet is going so far forward. If you do not figure that out, you're, you're dead in the water. Absolutely. Just, I don't know how I'm not an e-commerce expert, um, you know, but I'm just going to say from a consumer standpoint, you're dead if you don't fix it. That yeah. Process. That yeah, and that and that's you know, if you're in business, you you have to adapt. Like, look at Netflix. I mean, love or hate them, you know what I mean. Like, they were shipping DVDs by mail, <laughs> and then they saw that it's like, hey, people want their stuff now. Yeah. So they went totally digital, and it's like, you know what? Like that's that it's just responding to a market that's changing. You know, that's <laughs> that's really all it boils down to. Absolutely. But also getting back to small business, I think that a lot of them, what they, I think what a lot of them miss out on is positioning. Positioning sounds like, you know, it's one of those old terms from the, from like, you know, 1972 Mm -hmm. that people throw around. They don't really understand. I was talking to that client that I mentioned about it and I realized I need to understand it better because I've read some articles on it, but I never really read a book on it and practiced it. Um, but what I mean by that is like, what is positioning? Positioning is like, it's it's like that file drawer you occupy in someone's head in relationship yeah. to other things. Yep. You know, so like who, 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 who owns the, the, the word cars to you, you know? And I tell my mm. clients that to me, that's probably Ford, you know, I grew up yeah. in a Ford family and you know, my grandmother worked for Ford. So for years until her passing about seven years ago, we used to get discounts on cars because of her, and plus also, you know, I, I grew up on that whole, you know, American cars are better than, you know, Japanese sure. cars yeah. and all that stuff. So to this day, I mean, I tend not to consider any other vehicle unless it's a Ford. So yeah. their position to me is that they own that keyword of personal vehicles. Yeah. Um but who's going to, if you, you started a car company, how would you ever compete with them? Well, you do something like what Tesla did, regardless of Elon Musk and him being a jerk. Sure. Um he, you know, like Tesla owns the keyword of like, you know, cool luxury electric vehicles, electric cars. Yep. yep. You know, so if you take that as their position, like then suddenly they blow up and have a, you know, have a, as much uh, financial net worth as like Ford does, you know, and yeah. 
just a handful of years. So that's that's the power of stuff like that. And I think what most small business owners miss without getting into the technicalities of how do you figure out your position and X, Y axes and stuff like that. that <laughs> right, right, right. Tend to use and all that crap is that you have to figure out what, you're, what you want to be known for. And you can't just say that, like, even if you're just something as simple and every day as an electrician, well, what about it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, stop turning around telling people that you that you do quality service. Everybody does. You wouldn't everybody be does it. it. You know, <laughs> like people who do shit service will not be in business for very long. So, right. it, you know, so you can't walk around saying that we do it better. <laughs> you yeah, know? and establish who you are and figure out what is that thing. It's like you know, are you an electrician who? Uh, do you, are you the are you the, the most modern electrician? You yeah. know, yeah. I have stuff like I, that. I know I know somebody. He's an electric. He's an old school electrician. He made a he's made a built a great company. You know, wiring buildings up as office buildings are being built. Like he, he he's made a great living doing that. But he's found himself a neat little niche in being the expert guy in installing Tesla charging stations. Nice. So, you know what I mean? So, like, if somebody in the area is like, all right, we're installing this, that's what he, everyone's like, oh, you got to call this guy. Yeah. Perfect. And and the funny thing is, that's like defining your position by defining like your your niche, as you said. Um, It's not the only way to do it, but it's a a great way. It's a great example of how that actually, of how that actually works. And, uh, and the financial benefits then yeah you know, if he was just an electrician and yeah. he's the guy who's running around who's also you know who's also um you know doing everything under the sun for everyone you know he's losing out to the other 50 people in his town absolutely you know, yeah. that are doing the exact same thing and have maybe slightly better seo than him my dad works in b2b marketing but i never really knew what that meant Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Right. And and at the end of the day, like if if you, if you have a, a homeowner that's like, OK, I need, you know, an outlet or two fixed or whatever. And they're calling up two to three electricians and getting quotes like at that point, your only differentiator, if you're competing price. on that level, is price. And that's a lousy way to live. That That's very lousy because it, it kills your margins. I, Seth Godin mm-hmm. refers to it as the race to the bottom. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, race to the bottom. You never, no, yeah. When you win, you actually lose. You know, absolutely. And, and, um, also, too, even in that factor, again, you're still coming back to that. This circles of you know, hot leads, warm leads, and cold leads. 
you know, it's like you don't really need that much of the way differentiation and positioning when, you know, when you're Bill's brother and Bill, you know, you're the electrician and Bill goes and tells his buddy that, hey, you should use my brother when, uh, you know, and do the rewiring for your kitchen or something like that. Right. Um, you know, and that's sort of word of mouth market you know it's you that's where it becomes relational it's like hey he's a great guy you should call him oh look they have a website okay good they're a legitimate company oh look they have three five-star reviews stretched out over 10 years they must not be <laughs> they must not be that bad yeah. you know like that's that's where you usually and oh look you know he came in at a similar price to this other guy that my coworker told me about that's where that's you know you don't need that sort of stuff at that level. If you actually plan on having a company that supports you and supports your family, like you might be able to sell one day or pass on to your kids, or at least it's going to compete in a market that make it quite a bit worse, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Everyone's been talking about a recession for a while and they talk about recession so much that they're, that the media is creating one mm-hmm. um, like they usually do. And you know, if you don't have some, if you if you're just relying upon 1990, 1992 methods, and I, I know I, I put that in the 90s, but you know, literally, we're talking back to probably the 1950s, sure, <laughs> yeah. 1920s. If you're relying upon, well, we, this is how we do business. This is how we always do business. You know, networking business cards, word of mouth referrals. God, you know, that's that's really putting your your future in somebody else's hands. Oh yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. So I want to circle back to the um, the idea of the fundamentals. Yeah. Um, yeah. What other uh, what other fundamental era books and or whatever programs or whatever have you uh, found to be pretty useful and helpful? Uh, a couple. Like I'm actually circling back to uh, Donald Miller's story brand books. Oh, right sure. Now, I'm not story story brand. Um, I'm not a story brand guy, you know, like that's a good mm-hmm. five or $7,000 a year certification with special training and stuff like sure. that. But I find the, the messaging data and, and those books to be fantastic. Um, I told you before we got on that I just gave a talk um, a few days ago and it was primarily to a small group of uh, business owners off the a platform called Alignable, which is a small mm-hmm. business uh, networking platform. And maybe only eight or 10 people, something like that. And what I talked about was on website uh, homepage structuring. I call it like the secrets to a high converting homepage. But what it really had happened to be about was how to structure your like headline and subheadline. And a lot of my information, you know, some of it was borrowed from digital marketer and some of it was borrowed, but a bit of it comes from just some of the concepts that are in marketing made simple, which is one of Donald Miller's books from a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I found it funny. Like I, I relaunched my company, you know, took a job for two years and then relaunched my company right in the middle of the pandemic in November of 2020. Why not? <laughs> I was a graphic designer beforehand, took a job for two years and then came back as be strong marketing. And I, I had all this marketing experience and information and I'm trying to get my homepage, my website written. And what's weird is, is that no one ever really tells you how to put a website together. Like they'll, they'll tell you the technical technicalities of it, but what, what's supposed to go on it. And here I am going, okay, I'm trying to figure this out and I'm going, 
I have no fucking foggiest clue as to what the hell to put on my homepage. Yeah. I get tired of the, the stupid, like I've, I have this many years experience and blah, 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 blah. What am I supposed to put here? Yeah. And just the whole idea of just going, okay, well, what you're really doing is you're creating a story that invites that you're inviting other people to participate in, meaning your customers, where they're the hero and you're like the Yoda-like guide. Um <sighs> I think that, and I'm a Star Wars fan, so of course that resonates with me a little bit. Um, you know, I, it starts to make sense for how to structure the messaging of something like a homepage and about page. And I think without without that, I think you're at a disadvantage. One of the things I learned through Digital Marketer, again, some really fantastic courses that really teach you the, the basics, um, is that marketing is basically a system where you produce profitable and uh, consistent leads. Mm-hmm. But it's an amplification. But the, what that is, is it's actually a, a, an amplification system of whatever your core marketing message is. And uh-huh. so if you don't have a core marketing message, what the hell are you, what the hell are you promoting? What are you, what are you amplifying? Right. You right. Know, you're just walking up to a, you know, we have, you have a microphone in front of you. It'd be like walking up to a microphone and just saying random shit into it. And, <laughs> and, and occasionally some of that random shit might be buy my products. Yeah. You know, that's, but it, that's why I started this podcast. Damn it. Cause I just wanted to turn on a microphone and say random shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, but you know, but it also builds authority for you. So, I mean, that helps also. And plus also I mean, we were talking about too, like um, community, you know, not every business has to be part of the community, but we um, has to have a community, but I think it's important to be part of the community. Sure. Definitely. And I think that's what you're doing. I mean, look, I'm just a small town marketer, you know, just like you and probably all your other guests so far in these first few episodes, but you're giving us a voice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the the fun thing about marketing is that there's so many ways of doing, and I'm not talking about the technical side of it, you know, because that... Jeez, like you break down all the different new shiny object things that we talked about earlier, where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a chatbot marketer. It's like, okay, <laughs> hold up, bro. Like you're you're not a, a chatbot marketer. You are a marketer that is satisfying people's needs to communicate. Like you you know what I mean. So it's like before there was chatbots, there were call centers. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you, you are just doing what you're doing and it's just a different way of, uh, of satisfying what people want. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I kind of almost missed that period in the nineties when I, in 1998, when I first graduated school where, you know, I, I, my first design job, I worked for a print and copy shop and you know, we would have like some local marketers sometimes come in amongst all the other customer types that we had. And I remember there were just marketers, you know, like now marketing is different. You know, it's, it's, it's fundamentally changed because of digital and it involves the entirety of the customer journey, not just uh, the steps of awareness and engagement, you know, that's what it used to be. So, I mean, I'm not going to turn around and sit there and yearn for the earlier days, but what I do yearn for is that people would shut the F up about like, I'm a (laughs) type of marketer, the ridiculous titles. 
the ridiculous titles people come up with. I, I, by the way, I think, I think if you ever want to sound smart and different, take whatever it is that you do and put the word experience on the end of it. <laughs> no kidding, because I, I yep. used to be in a paid um, uh, marketing community. They were a good group, you know, they were nice people, but they were all kind of corporate marketers or kind of turned corporate marketing. So eventually, after about a year and a half, I finally dropped out of it the other month. And I have friends from it still saying, you dropped out? And I'm like, yeah, I wasn't getting value from it. But right. you would also see again, nice people, nobody was really being intentionally pretentious, but you would see like their titles. So like, in you know, just a few, uh, I, remember, yeah. I remember like there used to be graphic designers and web designers and eventually it turned into uh, user interface yeah. designers, yep. which I can understand the change in title because, you know, you're not just designing a printed page or something for someone to read on, online. You're also looking at how people interact. So, but, you know, you made the jump to that to now it's user experience. I would watch people go, I, I learned about um, a subject that you don't really hear at the local level so much, but you, but it's the buzzword and or it's one of the top like three buzzwords right now in corporate marketing, which is account-based marketing. Oh yeah. ABM. I literally saw somebody that, that had as a title um, accounts based experience, ABX. And I'm like, what the f-? it's like, no, <laughs> stop getting fucking experience on things. And act <laughs> like you're like the badass and on the cutting edge, you know, it's yeah. like, just say what you are, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like go to market, go to market. It's one of those other ones right now. That's the big, buzz. Oh yeah. And, it, and I, I read the definition of it and I'm like going, so it sounds like marketing. Yeah. Like no, no, no. it involves all this and you involve like customer experience so, people right. and, the, and, the, and, and sales and finance. And it says, Oh, what you mean is, so, is that you just actually have your organization on the same page, yeah. which is something you should do anyway. And that you're doing marketing. <laughs> right. You're doing marketing. I, I feel like there's a drinking game in there somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, or, or may, maybe it's just a, it could be a fun bet. Like you see somebody change their LinkedIn title to XYZ experience. And it's like, okay, how long over under until they change to some other buzzword? Go to market experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go, yeah. Yeah. Go to experience. Yep. So. I don't know. Like, yeah, it, it is funny to see that kind of thing happen, and it, it, maybe this episode we should call like "marketers talking shit." But, <laughs> <laughs> I talk a but, lot of shit because I just, you know, it, it's my problem in life. I have a simultaneously my biggest gift and my and my biggest curse. Yeah, you know, it's the thing that drives me the most nuts in dealing with other people. Is is that my talent is that I see both broad and deep. And mm-hmm. what I mean is, is I could see a lot of factors, but I could also follow those factors out yeah. deeply yeah. into whatever it, whatever it is. I'm not Albert Einstein genius level. I, I, I'm lost in upper level mathematics, how I get lost in some of the grade school mathematics. You know, I'm not um, the guy to figure out the next big thing you know, an entrepreneurship, um, somehow it frustrates the hell out of me that I can't figure out like how to create a startup that blows up to a million or several billion dollars. It, you know, frustrates me as a, as a thinking person. Um, but that's, that's my talent. I can see wide, I can see deep. Yeah. And the problem is, is that most people, they see narrow and they see shallowly. Mm-hmm. And so you sit there yeah, and you go, yeah. oh, like, why don't you see this? 
Yeah. Like, why don't you, why don't you see this? <laughs> yeah. Where do you, where do you think that that intuition came from? I'm just who I am. I don't know. Just, I, I mean, it's kind of like saying I'm like, I'm a creative person also. Where do you think that came from? I'm just right. Inside, inside of who I am. But I mean, I'm probably, I mean, I, I became a, the funny thing about me is like, I, I hated reading up until I was about 13. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how I got through my got A's and B's throughout all my elementary and uh, half of middle school because I literally would never do the reading, you know. Yeah. Like, especially if it was like in an English class, we had to read like an entire novel. I was just really good at listening to classroom discussion. I'm really yeah. good at it, so I knew what questions that they were going to ask about the story beforehand. So I would just like kind of uh, by um, of osmosis kind of get it inside me but then eventually my brother started reading fantasy novels and i started wanting to emulate them because i thought the the cover art was super cool and i just made me like trapped to to very thin uh pieces of trees with black ink on them for you know the next 30 something years yeah there you go but i mean i think that's always helped um i think being i'm I'm not even as well read as i would love to be um, but I, I think one of the things is, and actually this is a really good point as we're getting uh, close to our hour here is I think a lot of, I think if you want to say talking shit, there's a little bit of talking shit, but it's also, I think a good um, lesson, which is know something outside of marketing or business yeah. learn something outside or read something else because Eventually, you're just saying, you know, I, I, I commented on somebody's LinkedIn post this morning and I said, there's probably only really two dozen really smart people in marketing right now that produces most of the content and everybody else is just kind of reiterating what they're saying right. that they originally said better. And look, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm much different. You know, I talk a lot about out of Seth Godin and Ryan Dice and a few others, you know, so yeah. I'm not really saying anything different. But where you bring it in different is when you also said, you know what, well, I read like five books on the history of uh, of the ancient Norse or something like that. And then you pick up all these like psychological or societal or cultural things and you go, huh, I can see how that applies to marketing. Yeah. I don't care if it's bass fishing, you know, you're likely to find something that's going yeah. to add a fresh viewpoint to your field. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we, and we've, you know, touched on this a couple times where it's like, okay, like people in like, you know, the twenties and thirties uh, figured a lot of this direct response stuff out. Like you see like, you know, communities and I, I'm not, saying anything bad about these people but like communities like click funnels where they're 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 building a whole community around you know this idea of launch an ad sell a product blah 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 it's like that's just old school direct response marketing and i think they've finally started admitting to some of that like they you know their positioning a few years back i i feel was hey we created this but you know you really boil it down and it's stuff from the 30 like scientific advertising you know when the hell was that published like that, that it, was, it like, was like in the 20s i, I yeah. it's, it's one of those ones that i have that i haven't gotten to yet even though it's like oh, yeah. 50 pages long yeah yeah it's it, it's it's like it all boils back to you know that stuff and you know like to a certain degree it's like okay yeah there's there's really nothing original under the sun at this point it's just how you package it but you know 
if you can put your own unique spin to it and make associations that people haven't made before, you know, I, I think that that's a tremendous amount of value that you bring to the, uh, to, to the business community and everything else at large. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you this also, it's like, I cut my teeth on, um, Thing on Russell Brunson's books originally. Mm-hmm. Some of my first books in, in marketing were his was like sure. .com secrets and expert yeah. secrets. Um, there's still some very good stuff in those books. Absolutely. Um, I'm not part of that community anymore because at a certain point that I just realized that I didn't need to be spending hundreds of dollars a month on a piece of software that I can get better pieces of software for for the third of the price. So I decided I would. Plus, the group tends to be a little bit cultish. You know, like um, yeah. I was part of the official Facebook. Uh, quick oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. A lot of nice people in the group that will really help you out. Be like, hey, look, my ad isn't, isn't producing like what's going on here. And they'll say, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll put it up and we'll add a critique. But then if you had somebody come in and say, why should I use ClickFunnels? Somebody will turn around and, be, and will start actually berating the oh, yeah. person who, who asked the question as if they were as if it was a like you're questioning their beliefs in God or something like that right. in a very direct way. And, you know, I'm kind of going, I've seen that a little too many times and I decided between with everything combined that I didn't like it. But the other thing is I think what they finally have to start, um, what Russell started to push, I think, in more of his content was, yeah, you know, what the thing that Dan Kennedy used to say that, you know, no, no, um, no brand building, you know, screw brand building. Yep. It's all about the sale, direct sales. That's it or at least low cost or no cost brand building. But beyond that, you know, just shut the F up about it. Um, I think he finally started to realize that content marketing is actually a major part of getting your funnels to actually work because if there is um, no one to, um, you know, like the no like and trust factor is massive nowadays. So just running an ad to a funnel, it's probably not going to do it. But if you turn around and start to build an audience, start to uh, create a list, you know, you really kind of build up the affinity that we've spoken about earlier. Yeah. Then when you turn around and you say, Hey, by the way, buy my products, they've also, they've already listened to 20 of your podcasts. They've read a couple of your blogs. They're following you on three social media accounts. And they say, well, sure. I'll buy that thing for 500 bucks. Right. As opposed to, I'm just going to run a Facebook ad. Yeah. Yep. I think they're finally and, starting to realize that. So it's like the fundamentals of human communication end up rolling in the end than just like a shotgun attempt to get a result right away. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, it boils down to you're selling to people, you're communicating with people. Yeah. And, you know, yes, there was definitely probably a heyday of all it took was an ad and you could sell something like there, there, that was, but human evolution, people started putting guards up, you know what I mean? So like people have to build that no like, and trust factor now, which, you know, kind of all circles back to, you got to evolve with it. And I, yeah. And, and I have, and again, I have nothing negative to say about click funnels or their community yeah. and all that. Like, I think they've, they've done beautiful. They've helped a lot of people, Oh, yeah. you know, make a, make a living. Um, and it just you know boils down to what we were talking about earlier. They, they built a great community. Um, but you know, it, it does at the end of the day, boil down to you're dealing with people and you're, commu- you have to communicate to people the way that they want to be communicated to. 
and you have to do it in a persuasive way yep. and communicate value to them. Yeah, it's hundred percent. It's funny thing is that we, we, we've spoken for an hour now and basically in the end, everything we come down, we've said comes down to that. Absolutely. So I, um, I really appreciate you being on Definitely. and sharing your knowledge and, you know, it's, like, like I said, we've, we've talked before, but, you know, it's re- really cool just to kind of, you know, hop on and talk shop with you and, you know, get to know yeah. a little bit more about who you are. Um, so, again, thank you immensely for being on. Um, yeah, where, can, where can people find you across the web, your website, your socials, et cetera? Um, well, the website's bestrongmarketing.com. Be it's just letter B, the word strongmarketing.com. Don't put the E in there. Um, that's where you can find that's my website. Um, check me out. Uh, I'm primarily on uh, do my business stuff on LinkedIn. Just uh, look under my name, look, at, look for the picture of the guy with the beard and uh, who isn't smiling. <laughs> and and uh, I mean, I have some, I do have Facebook and uh, Instagram accounts, but I don't use them as much right now. But primarily there, um, if you're a small business owner and you happen to be on alignable.com, you know, just put my name in, check me out. Cool. Yeah. Thank uh, you again. We'll have, um, all those links in the uh, in the show notes or the description, depending on where you're watching or watching, watching, or, that's a good word. Wa- watching or listening to this at. <laughs> and um, yeah, look, once again, thank you immensely for uh, for coming on and uh, sharing with us. Yeah, thank, thank you for uh, the opportunity and, uh, you know, give me a chance to actually have a voice. So really appreciate yeah, it. You got it, man. Have a great day. OK, yep. Thank you. Take care. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.